I mentioned to you, if you'll take your Bibles and turn to Colossians, <clears throat> that we've been, we were talking about, the last time I preached, I preached the first point, and that is, it's a, it, because if we're, we're real believers, if we're truly born again, then we can live on a higher plane. But I want to move to a second thing, and that's found in Colossians chapter 3, which talks about our hidden position. You say, well, now, what does that mean? Well, I'm hoping that I'll be able to expose that for you to understand that today. Look at verse 3, Colossians chapter 3. For you died when Christ died. You who? You, me. When Jesus died and when we've received him, we die. You say, well, that's interesting. I'm still alive. I'm breathing. Well, just listen. Your real life as a believer is hidden. You say, not. Why is it hidden? I didn't write this. Paul did. He said, your real Christian life is hidden with Christ in God. You say, well, what's hidden? We'll talk about that. I'm concerned just as I know many of you that our young kids and our high school kids going off to college, man, they're getting, I don't know how the University of Georgia is, but I surely know how some of the other colleges are. They're getting nailed to the foundational beliefs of what we either have taught and no one learned or what they could have learned and we didn't teach it. But hopefully, we'll fare out better than a New England teacher that quizzed a new co- a group of college-bound high school juniors and seniors in the Bible. The answers were astounding. They ought to be alarming. Among the more unusual answers from these students were Sodom and Gomorrah were lovers. Jezebel was Ahab's donkey. Other students thought that the New Testament Gospels were written Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John. Eve was created from an apple, and Jesus was baptized by Moses. Now, the prize question, now some of you are going, that's not right? Come on, don't scare me like that. Was the question on what was Golgotha? The answer was Golgotha was the name of a giant that slew the apostle David. Now listen, that may seem funny to some of you because you know what the real answer is. Some of you are still sitting there going, I don't know that that's not right. (laughs) Well, the church has entered into the third millennium. The world is longing to see what is real. And guess who they want to see that through? You and me. And what they're seeing is not good. 
No better than the answers that were given here by these college, potential college students. There's a lot of counterfeit Christianity on the market today. Much damage has been done to the cause of Christianity with scandals and immorality and extravagance running rampant behind the closed doors of several television and televised ministries. The baby boomers of our generation have bought the world's lie that people and position and possessions and power bring peace and purpose to life. They're coming to the reality and finding out that none of that brings peace. None of that brings joy to the life. Christianity is simply this. God has come to man through his son, Jesus, and he has made a way for you and I to receive eternal life. But that doesn't mean that everybody here has received that. You might be baptized here at Solid Rock, but I got news for you. Your baptism won't save you. If you want to be taught that, go to the church of Christ. They'll teach you that. You see, salvation comes through a receiving of Jesus, definitely not through a rejection. It comes through a relationship that you and I have with Jesus on a daily basis. Jesus is more than a religion. It's a lifestyle. It's a changed lifestyle. Paul declares that Christianity begins in 2 Peter 1.4 by you and I being made partakers of his divine nature. And I'm not going to sit here and argue with you whether you believe in dual nature or not. I just know when I was born, I was born what the Bible teaches, not what man teaches, not what the church throughout teaches, but I was, I was born with the Adamic nature. What's that? Sounds like a cuss word. It's not. It's Adam's nature. It's a fallen nature. Do you understand that? And you inherited that. You didn't have a choice. But then when the Bible says, when I accept and receive Jesus, I receive a new nature, a divine nature. So if you're claiming to be saved here today, if you claim that if you die, you know Jesus and you know where you were going to go, I'm here to tell you, you must be a partaker of the divine nature or you're lost. Your Adamic nature will not get you into heaven. Your good works will not get you into heaven. You being baptized as a baby is not going to get you into heaven. You better hear me because I'm preaching theologically sound, Pauline, Jesus material. It's not what I wrote. The difference between what is real and false is all at the cross. Didn't mean for that to rhyme, but. If you've fallen as a believer, if you failed as a believer, I've got good news for you. Colossians tells us that God canceled our debt, which listed all the rules that we failed to follow. 
He took away the record with its rules, according to Colossians 2.14, and nailed it to the cross. You say, Mike, you're teaching me that I can go and do what I want to. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm teaching you what Jesus did with what you failed at. You say, well, now, wait a minute. That's to the lost. You mean to tell me, since you've been a believer, you have not failed somewhere? You mean to tell me that you're sitting here telling me that you've not sinned since you got saved? Well, I'm going to tell you right quick. I can't tell you that because I have. And the sin that I committed was nailed to the cross, according to Colossians 2.14, was nailed to the cross of Jesus. But there is one failure don't miss. If you commit this failure, you will burn in hell if you die for eternity. Hebrews tells us in chapter 12 that that failure is the failure to receive the grace of God. Paul says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace are you saved through what? Through faith. It is a gift of God. You cannot work for it. You can't even work to keep it. Well, that's not what I'm, I, I, I don't believe that. Well, then go over the Armenians. Go believe another, but, but my Bible doesn't teach that I had to work for it. It teaches that I had to receive it by grace and faith in Jesus. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if I'll believe with my heart that God raised his son from the dead, I can be saved. For you see, I must confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised his son from the dead. And then whosoever shall call upon the Lord, name of the Lord can be saved. It, I can't make it any clearer than that. The, the clarity comes from my perspective, have you received him? Or do you, do you claim your salvation by some work you did, by something that you did that you think that that saved you? Look, there's only one person that I know that can save you, and it ain't Mike Franklin. It's Jesus. He's the only one. Read John 14, 6. Well, let's talk about this hidden position a minute. Jesus did something that only Jesus could do for you and me. And the hidden position is that I died. Now, did I do that? No. You can't do that. You cannot die the death that Jesus died. And when he declared on the cross, it is finished. I died with him. Now, at that time, I wasn't even born. But when I came to the knowledge that I was lost and undone, I realized that the only way I was ever going to get to be with Jesus and go to heaven is to believe in Him, to accept Him, to receive Him. And when that happened, 
I positionally died. But something else happened. It says, I was raised. Wasn't Jesus raised? He was raised from the dead, right? I was raised with him. To what? To the newness of life. I got news for you. The only part I had in any of that was what Jesus said would happen when I got saved. Now, does that mean that I'm not supposed to work after I get saved? Well, sure you're supposed to work. If Jesus came in, I promise you, he's going to urge you to work. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. And then it says, we were created unto Christ Jesus, or in him, unto what? Good works. But you're not saved by works. You're saved by the work of Jesus on the cross, and you receiving that. What does it mean then when it talks about real, cre- real Christianity is secure in salvation? You can only believe one or two things. And, and, and some of your relatives and some of your friends and all may believe this. They don't believe that Christianity is secure. You say, what do you mean, Mike? What that means is is that if you don't perform like they think you ought to perform, or they don't, you don't do the works or bear the fruit that you ought to bear, you must not be saved. Then there are those that say, if you sin and die, you're going to bust hell wide open. Well, I got news for you. We all going to party in hell if that's true. Because I don't know one individual except Jesus who's died that sin wasn't going on in the, in the camp. Because there's some sins you commit and you don't know anything about. Much less the ones that we do. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about that salvation. The hidden position. The hidden position on the cross is where Jesus took all of my sins, past, present, and future, and locked them up and nailed them and covered them under the blood. Do you think for one minute I think I deserve that? Absolutely not. In my flesh, I'm too rotten to receive such a gift. But I didn't do it. Jesus did. He declares the mystery of the gospel is that he died and covered your sin. Well, I'm sorry, Mike, but I still can't believe that Jesus would do something that perfect for me. I'm sorry for you. I really am. But I'm not going to believe, even though I love to hear John Hagee. How many of you ever heard John Hagee preach? Raise hand. I love to hear him preach, but he doesn't believe that salvation is secure. You say, Mike, did you hear that on your own ears? Sure did, like the fell out of my seat. He said, I just want you to know, my dear friend, that you may claim to be saved, but you can lose that salvation. Well, that means Jesus is a liar. 
And the truth's not in him because Jesus taught something different. Listen to this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, listen to this, this is to the Calvinists, that whosoever. Now, what's that mean? That means those that are spoken of in Peter, that it's God's will that all be saved. Now, who's going to sit here and admit everybody's going to get saved? You going to admit to that? No. We already know the rich man went to hell, don't we? Hello. Did the rich man go to hell? That's what the Bible says. So he didn't make it. So if God's will is so fixed and determined, tell me why, that he went to hell. You'd have to tell me that God sent the rich man to hell. I don't believe that. I got a verse that says it's his will that all men be saved. But for you that want to believe what you've been taught from the past, possibly, that salvation is not secure, listen to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but what? What is everlasting? Forever and ever and ever. Oh, no, 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 Mike, that's not true. If you sin, you lose that. Really? then come to my office, not here, but come to my office and bring those verses in so you and I can get this worked out because I must be in the dark. And I'll tell you, somebody else is in the dark. John 10, listen to this. In John 10, verse 25, Jesus was wrestling with them understanding that he was the Son of God and that he was going to save the people of the world. In verse 25, it says, Jesus says this, I know you don't believe me. You know, I already know some of you. I'm going to read you John 10, 27, 28. And some of you are so hard-headed. You're listening to false teachers. You're not going to believe me. But I don't care. Because I, I choose to believe Jesus. Now, what did Jesus say? Glad you asked. Jesus said in verse 28, John 10, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. It didn't say might. It didn't say could. It said never. Now, what's that mean? That means if you're tapped in, that means if you're attached to the vine, that means if the Holy Spirit is in you, that means if Jesus has saved you and you've accepted that, you can Never perish. And then Jesus goes on and says this. No one will snatch you away from me. Now, what part of no one will snatch you away from me do you not understand? Is that difficult? I believe Stella got that. How old Stella? Seven. I should have known that, shouldn't I? I believe she got it. Have you ever been? Now, sometimes when I was young, I thought that Disney World was a cool place. But now that I'm 63 and my kids love to go not just a few hours, (laughs) all day, rain or shine. 
and ride rides that I do not believe God intended to be on this earth. (laughs) Even in the Magic Kingdom. Because I can't ride any more rides outside of the Magic Kingdom no more. And some of them, I ain't riding. They're too evil. Isn't it amazing that you parents, you let your kids run around this church and you let them go everywhere, but when you're in the United Magic Kingdom and there's thousands of people, Six Flags is no different. And somebody approaches your child and will try to snatch them, I believe you'd put a knot, pop knot on their head that you could hang four or five hats on. Now, why is it that we believe that? But when it comes to Jesus and say, he says, you can believe me. You can trust what I say. There is no one going to snatch you out of my hand. He didn't say mine. I'll probably let you go. But not Jesus. Then he goes on to say, verse 40, 29, For my Father has given them to me, and he's more powerful than anyone else. And here it is again. So no one can take them away from me. Do you not understand that? Is that not clear? It, to me, it's so clear. I don't even know why I'm preaching it. First John 5.13 says this. Those things are these things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Let me ask you something. How can you know you have eternal life if you're telling somebody they can lose it? The only one way I can figure it out is that you got to not only know when you're saved, you also got to know when you're lost. Now, my Bible teaches me that when I realize that I'm lost, that's my invitation to get saved. Now, Jesus teaches me once I am in the fold, once I'm one of his children, once I'm a part of him, they ain't nobody going to remove me out. And if he's nailed, now listen to this. You got you to gotta accept this or reject it. I don't care what you do with it. I know what I've done with it. If the Bible tells me that there's not one sin that Jesus did not nail on the cross and forgive me when it comes to my new birth in him, then for me to believe anything else than that would have to mean Jesus didn't die for all my sins. There had to be one sin he didn't die for. Is that what he said? He said he died for them all. So what does that mean? I believe it means that you and I can quit worrying about losing your salvation. And if you want to really quit worrying, is turn a deaf ear to those that teach anything different. This is not Mike Franklin's teaching. Hear me. This is what Jesus said. There was a dear old preacher preaching on the security of the believer. He was emphasizing the fact that our salvation is anchored by the supernatural power of God. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe your salvation is anchored by the supernatural power of God? Say amen if you believe it. Some of you don't know what you believe. But I would hope you said amen. He then went on to say, if the devil tried to get through to your soul, he would have to burst through the love of God. Y'all ever read Romans 8.38 about the love of God? Want to hear it? Got to hear it. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Death can't. Life can't. Angels can't separate us. Listen to this. Demons can't separate us. Fears, thank God, can't separate us. Worries, hallelujah, praise God, can't separate us from the love of God. Even the powers of hell cannot separate us from the love of God. Now, I don't know about you, but being in a hidden position is a pretty good place to be. You see, the devil tried, if he tried to burst through the love of God, but then if he were to smash through the grace of Jesus, could you do that? Could you disrupt the grace of God? No. Why? He provided it. And it don't have anything to do with you except to receive it. For by grace are you saved through faith. And then if Satan couldn't, if he burst through the love of God and he tried to smash the grace of God, if he managed to do that, could he break the power of the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 4.30 says, remember, it is he who has identified as his own. He has sealed us, guaranteed us that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Really? Mike, are you reading the same Bible I, I, I read out of? Well, yeah. I'm just amazed that there's people that don't believe that. I'm amazed. What does that mean, Mike? Well, if it means I can know I can be saved, then I ought to also... I know what Jesus said, that I can have the security of my hidden position in Christ that he can keep me. By the way, you answered this question. Who's hanging on anyway? Is Jesus hanging on to you or are you trying to hang on to him? I got news for you. You don't have to try to hang on to him if you're his. He's got you. How does he have me? Well, the Bible says, according to John 10 and Ephesians 4, that I am hidden in the hand of Jesus and that I am now wrapped in the hand of the Father, sealed by the Holy Spirit. And he ain't going to lose me. Ladies and gentlemen, that ought to fire some of you up. You got that kind of God who loves you that much 
that he's not leaving it to have happen chance. He's secured it. He sealed it. Isn't that awesome? Well, the third, and I'll introduce it and then close, is what is the a third attribute of Christianity versus counterfeit is a heavenly power. You know, look at verse 4, and, I'll, and then I'm going to close because I'll, I'll come back on this. And when Christ, who is your real life, there's that genuineness again, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. You will share in his power. What kind of power? Heavenly power. Ladies and gentlemen, every time you see someone get saved, every time you see a backslidden believer come back to Jesus, you get to see heavenly power. Because I got news for you. Some of you are so hard-headed that it takes a holy God to slam, dunk you when it comes to your sin. We now are saints who choose to sin. Some of you in here, this past week, you blew it. You sinned. And thank God he wrote a, a, uh, an important verse to all of us in 1 John 1, 9. Right? If we confess that sin to him, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from that sin and from all unrighteousness. I could, and we will, we'll be dealing with things that are nailing us straight on our face. Well, what do you do when you know that, I've got to deal with this, and what do, you do, what do you do when worry is a sin? You have to get on your knees and acknowledge it. What do you do when lust is a sin? You have to get on your knees and confess it and name it for what it is. What do you do when, when you're, you're sinning and the Bible says, obey the Holy Spirit? Deal with it. You should be living on a higher plane. We're hidden in Jesus, not for the excuse of being able to live the way we want to. Because I promise you, the more sin you allow in your life, the the lack of power you will have. So understand this. Jesus needs you and I to be real. To reel those around us. Because if it don't work, if it only works at church, what good is it? If it doesn't affect our kids, our grandkids, and the people around us. I'm I'm telling you, it's more powerful than somehow we're able to portray. And we need to evaluate our lives. To me, that's what an invitation is about. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior today, today's the day to get saved. Today's the day to receive it. If you've got sin in your life or you're committing those things and you think it's okay, i got news for you, it's not. You need to take them 
up here where you're at. You need to bring him to Jesus and let him help you through. And I promise you, he'll help you say no to what you're yielding to right now in your life. Would you?